Welcome to Cutting Edge Web Content Development, the podcast where we delve into the world of CMS systems and their crucial role in website and web content development. In each episode, we'll explore the reasons why founders, CEOs, CTOs, and CMOs of web content development companies need CMS systems to thrive in the digital landscape. Get ready to uncover the secrets behind successful website management, content creation, and seamless user experiences. Here's your host, Jonathan Ames. Hello, welcome to the Cutting Edge Web Content Development Podcast by Better CMS. My name is Jonathan Ames. I'll be guiding you through a journey of tips, process improvements, and technologies to help marketers and developers harmonize the strengths between cutting-edge digital experiences, really bring the code and the content together. Joining me today is Roto Ordeana. He's the CEO and co-founder of Rocket Van. And Roto, you want to give a quick description of who you are and your background? Yeah, thank you. My background is in digital design. I've done visual design and UX in the past, uh, working with different companies and everything. We created a, our own project and we met our team. We met with my co-founders, participating hackathons, and then the magic started and we decided this is the way we want to do things and build digital platforms. So we created Rocket Van. That's where we are. Excellent. I've got a chance to talk with Roto previous to this podcast episode, and he truly is an international man. He's bounced between London and Barcelona, and mastered a few languages in between there. Trying, Jonathan, trying. What more languages you learn, less perfectly you speak them. I'm telling you because you start mixing up. But basically, my co-founder is in Barcelona. That's where I come from. I studied there, art schools, and then you know digital, other master multimedia, and then I moved to France. That's where I started to work uh, with other companies, communication, advertisement. And then always on the digital part. And then I moved to London. Main name is, it was learning English and it's still, I'm still on the path. So apologize if I'm giving uh, any wrong grammatical, any mistake. So, and then I'm the one leading the project in London. So that's uh, the aim of, of Rocket Van. Excellent. Well, let's start first with this idea of a digital platform and how someone might take it from start to finish. And you can introduce us with that, and we'll go from there. Sure. So that's what we're doing, basically. Thought it was designing purely the visual tag, but now quitting this world that I love it is still intervening, but now is it, and taking the ideas from the, our clients, they have the idea of creating this app or web app or whatever it is and that, and trying to figure out how can we make it possible. Most of the times, is a lot of questions, and they have different steps to get there. But most importantly is understand why. The whys are super important. That's what the main questions I putting to the founders. Because without knowing the roots of the why you want to create this, whatever the reasons are. So, but it's, they are very important for us because it gives us the direction in terms of designing the platform, understanding the aims, because bricklaying, you know, building anything, coding, Everyone can do it pretty much. And now what's they doing for us? But the meaningful, the how are you going to put the pieces together and getting towards that direction is very key for us. And also challenging because we have been for a while. We've seen you know, our clients committing the same mistakes and we were telling them, no, don't do that. This, So it's good to challenge as well in part of the, uh, on the journey. So yeah. Yeah, that why is really key in, in several of the last podcast guests that we've had. 
we've talked about in the very beginning of any project, whether it's an existing digital platform or one that you're building from scratch, really understanding well that why. So let's say now you understand that why. Give us an example of uh, maybe a digital platform that you've worked on where you understood clearly what that why was and used it to develop the, the process of moving forward. So one of the latest ones that is already soft launching now, it's a, a platform for maternity. So obstetrics and gynecologists, they have a problem that the, all the records, even if we believe we are in the 21st century, they are kept in different formats, digital, paper, and we have also the problem of not only keeping, sometimes they now very nomad. So most of the ladies, they're traveling and they can have a problem, an emergency, and they need to pop into a hospital. Then they don't have their records, their tests, blood tests, all the, all they, they, on their hands. So my client is a private clinic in Barcelona, but the founders, they have been working for Australian uh, National Health System, private. Then they worked in NHS in UK also in Spain and US. So they seen the problem everywhere and they wanted to create a platform for that. But then initially, they wanted to give the empower, you know, the patient because they were, and then that's where we turned the, you know, we understood the why. as a new way of holding the medical records. And now what we've done is turning the tables. Usually it's the private clinic, it holds your data and everything. Now is the client is in charge. So you have the keys. So are you going to share with this person the analyst can just put the records and that's it. If I know an emergency with a QR code, I can just give access, instant access. They can see all the records and just adding the record of today because, you know, okay, I visited, it was a problem or bleeding, whatever, and it, it keeps it there and no one can touch it. So anyone can check it. On top of that, the wise is, you know, to, that was for the patient. But the other hand, we had the other user is doctors. They always want to have everything there. And in a certain way that it can find it easily. So we did. So we created a, a form, a way to show the records as they doing in every kind of practice. And then on top of that, we visioning, you know, that's why the why is why you want to make the life easier for everyone. So now we're introducing AI, very with a pitch of salt because we know the regulations and everything is coming in, but we're training models with this wisdom. So they are training their own model to help them out to write, for instance, you know, every visit, every entrance, every record, and highlighting also some parts that they have a pattern. They know, they see, you know, certain levels of glucose here and there. Most of the times I didn't know. That's why, you know, I love my job because every single sector that I get in, I need to learn what is happening inside. Then the mechanics is creating, you know, using the, the code and the design to kind of create this universe for them. But then, you know, it's the knowledge that is behind it is is very interesting. So, Patients, they can get, uh, most of women, they have uh, diabetes during the, so they need to get tracked as well. Because obviously all the hormones, everything, they're changing. I didn't know that, but there are some parts of the information and tests and everything. They're triggering this and you could just flag it up before anyone else and AI could help doing it. So it's quite interesting. Very interesting. So the why here is to make it easier for both patients and for doctors to access their medical records, to give them the opportunity to have the medical records themselves and grant access to various medical institutions, wherever those are, wherever they may be traveling. That's the why. And now that you have that why, how do you make the kind of the plan to develop that over time, both in the code framework, as well as how to bring in content from these various different medical institutions who might even be speaking in various languages? 
Yeah, correct. That's a very, very challenging and it's a, it's a good question. So mainly is understanding. The good thing is like because we have the founders, they have been different countries, countries like UK that you have, I don't know how many, 50 languages in consulting sector or, or even in public. So they create a kind of a framework and it's kind of similar everywhere for pregnancy. We need to remember that we're creating something that is very niche and we're solving one problem. There are bigger software developers, they're creating, you know, bigger things for general practice or for hospitals. There are very good softwares there, but they found that even, you know, using those ones, it was limited, not very flexible. So they wanted to create their own, their own tools. Most importantly, easier for the patient because patients, they're going around with tests and they don't know what it is. So we want to do education on that. So the, the process is understanding each actor. So similarly, like when we do, because we're coming from video games industry. So video games, you need to create characters and those characters, they need to interact with each other. Even if they are, you know, and they crush everything. So the, even the small suites and everything, they have their own, their own characters. So they need to define them. And most importantly, when you start any idea, even the process, the ideation, when you have the idea, you got the why is the problem and then you want to solve, then you start creating those characters. It's like writing a book, pretty much. Yeah, so you create those characters and what they can do on that universe or the, what they're supposed to do. So you're creating this that we call the functionalities chart. So each user has this, you know, and bullet points, you know how to extend it, but, you know, can upload and see that, can ban, can, you know, and you create those rules. That is very important for them, you know, to interact with each other and then, Test it and see if it's meaningful or, or we need to reveal those rules. That's very important. For giving, you know, before going to see any developer, you should have this one yourself. This is something that doesn't require any te technical level of knowledge, but at least to know what I want the users to do, you know, limit or unlimit this part. How I want the doctor to interact with the patient. I want, for instance, the midwife to interact with the patient and uh, opposite way around and so on. How I want, you know, to keep the records and make visible those parts or those parts. So it's very important. That's one of the parts before you, you start even designing the, the platform. Some people, they start doing, you know, the wireframes that we're calling. That is putting in black and white, but, you know, very rough, like you were doing in an app game. So now we have plenty of software to do it better and easier. But you could do it, you know, by hand. Some, you know, in the past, I'm still, you know, I'm a school, so I'm coming from us. School of Art. So I need my paper and my pencil to draw a bit of the thing because then in my, yeah, being a visual guy, I can't jump into the, even if it just squares boxes and I know, okay, now it's going to be this. And then I jump to the wireframing step. Excellent. So after this why comes, who are the characters or we might call the personas that are going to interact with this platform? And then what are the rules or permissions that are given to each character what are they wanting to do? What do we want them to do? What should they be able to do? And then mapping all that. So that's all something that somebody could map out in content and then hand off to a developer and say, here are the roles or personas. Here are the rules or permissions for each of them. And then a developer could then map those out into actual code. You're pretty perfectly. That's the basic part. What we want to, uh, what we are trying to do more now is we heard the whys, but then we need to tell them, you know, to project themselves in the future. When we have this part, why? Because I need to understand what is the big picture, you know, of that platform. Well, you want to solve this problem, but what else? 
you want to take the world, you want to invade Mars, whatever it is. I know that is, but dreaming, you know, the blue sky dreaming, it gives us as well the direction. If tomorrow you want to stay just as a standalone software and that's it, perfect. So we start building this one. But if maybe tomorrow you want to sell this data or you want to connect with third parties or you want them, you know, to be connected. So we start, you know, thinking, okay, this is the rules that is going to happen here, but you need to start thinking about this, but you don't have to do it now, but maybe later. Similarly for other platforms, they don't have the business model yet clear. They know that they want to create a community. Like recently we're going to launch in, in Spain, one of the first amateur sport social media platform. We've been our research and everything, but they never had something properly oriented on that. And the guys, they wanted to charge people straight away. We were telling them, you know, don't do that because what you want is create a community. First, grow your community, get your community in, and then you will find the way. We present them, you know, several business models that you can do once you have a community, and then you can explore. And they started to pick up, well, maybe a sponsorship or, you know, maybe premium stuff. And then we started to get this direction because we know that at the very first version of the product, it won't be, you know, any charge or we don't have to think about it. We need to think about the mechanics, how people are interacting, if they like this or they like that. We need to create a new feature but, and then thinking, how are we going to monetize this? So some people, they have clear in mind because they've seen that model it works and they want to go through. So that's good. But sometimes they are not clear because it's quite new. They need to put in place and see how the community and people they are interacting. So it's part of the, you know, the big picture is important, even if challenging. It's like when a startup, because we're launching our sidekicks as well and constantly with investors and they knowing that you have the business plan and one of the parts are three years, I mean, the next year, three years, five years. They know the five years is what you got, what you really want to get because they know it's not, you're not going to get there. Or yes, we don't know, but it's very where you need to put your very aim, what are your end goal, you know, and see you might maybe wrong or maybe right. Some people, if you are good in finance or, you know, but it's where you want to see it. So similarly, I want to ask them, okay, that's what you want to do, but what are you going to get? With this one, I want to integrate this big part, or I want to sell it to national secret systems and everything. And then we start thinking, okay, we need to start this way and rolling out in this manner because you're gonna mimic those platforms, for instance. And then they will see you not as a threat, as a partner. So that's why you know, wise and big picture are very, very key. Most of the people they start doing it. And building, building, and we used to do that. When we started creating video games, we started to put everything in there. We were very enthusiastic, but we didn't know about those processes. So it was then when we started to collaborate with the accelerator programs, that's where we discovered it's like, okay, you know, user discovery, everything. So it's very key. That's why always trying to get those documents before we start. Excellent. So after why, after your personas, after your permissions and rules, comes what's coming next. Think a little bit in the future how this is going to evolve. So with that structure in place, what are the biggest challenges that you often see that teams have in implementing this? And how do you overcome that, those big challenges that the people have in implementing this process? There's a lot of friction, as I said earlier, that in terms of, you know, doing it, changing the steps order. When you get educated people, it's fine. And most uh, entrepreneurs and companies, and if they are established companies, they go out with a roadmap and 
we're just building and getting our inputs. But when it comes to that, is that one. And then when is the moment after we have all those steps done, is like, how are we going to make it? So which stack we're going to use it? Which tools? And some people, they're coming at this stack, or I want to use this programming language and everything. And then is another why. Most of the times they're coming and they, because they heard or they know that this platform has been built in that and that one. So then we come with technology. So now it's a bit, after those steps is choosing, you know, the right technology to build the platform. Then we need to understand if it's a first version of the platform or it's going to be, you know, the V1 already. So you're going to start working, making money on this and everything. So we need to think about this or you're testing the water. So because we have the whys and the how, we need to get into the house. How are we going to make this? So it depends on those answers. Okay, so next challenge to usually see in this is the tech stack. It's understanding what we're going to use. And the way you solve that is by asking, you know, how is this, why are you using this particular stack or why do you prefer that and how will it help you get to your goals? Is that accurate? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay, so when you're, You've launched a project. It's already in the first stage. You know, people are interacting with it. What are the KPIs, the key performance indicators that you're looking at to see whether your project or your platform is on track or if you need to make changes? Obviously, that depends on type of product. But we seeing, you know, using different techniques like heat maps, you know, to see where the people are discovering parts and everything, we're doing the QANA testing and see how, you know, they're using our products. And then also, if we had some milestones in terms of, you know, we want users to you go and use this path, checking if it's really happening. If it doesn't, it depends on the product again. So, for instance, in the, the sports one, we want to use the pickup games as a, the core value of, of the platform. So we need to make sure that people, they're using it. The only way is to put it in front of the users and engage them, trying to convince them, you know, not convince them, but trying for them to use them and see how often they're using it, because that will be the core differentiator from any other platform that we've seen. It's always, you know, coming back from the aims. So, so we're matching what we, the intentions that we wanted, you know, why you want to do that. And one of the functionalities, it was, I mean, it was created by this, those wise. Then we need to match and see, you know, this is happening. And sometimes you are wrong, and that's how things are, you know, happening. But usually, if they don't, they really research beforehand. That's something that we don't do. But we encouraging them to have, you know, before the wise and all the personas and everything, they should have done their marketing research in terms of: Are you going to create this platform? Are you going to sell those products or services? Is it people out there? They're willing to use it at least. And then obviously if they want to pay and that comes from the business part that again, we are not into, but it's very important because it gives you, you know, the whys and then you build all the platform. I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. So you set some milestones, you look to see if you're achieving those and then you use various, you know, data sources to be able to tell how well it's being used and then make changes from that. So this brings up another important question, which is when you do launch something and you're expecting people to use this new platform, how do you effectively implement user onboarding to really help people know how they should use the platform, make sure they come back to it? 
What are ways that you develop out that onboarding, that first experience? There are different techniques. Actually, it depends, again, on the product. If it's a software as a SaaS service, usually, you know, the tooltips and navigation of, you have here your medical records, coming back to the example that we were, you know, from the pregnancy records. You have here your records, here the blood test. Here you have the background data from the patient. You have the partner's data, the scans here, all the stuff here. So because we know that those guys, they are professionals. They're using different software, but pretty much they know they need to have those boxes in there. The only thing is like, we need to show them where. When it comes from different users, they never use a software. So we can't do a series of videos with a presenter and doing the step-by-step. If it's a bit more complicated in terms of we have different levels of layers of the information, where to find them. So the best way is to create a set of videos where you have a presenter that goes through everywhere. And then we chop it up in themes. Like here you have, for instance, coming back to the sports, for instance, like here you can create your own pickup games. You can invite your friends or you can open it only for everyone. Set it out the minimum people, which sport you're going to be, where it's going to happen, time, everything. So explaining them. This is very powerful because we, you know, as a human being, we learning by imitation. So if you're having them, someone explaining them in a short, that's what I learned, you know, new TikTok generation, you need to keep it short, short and very, very easy. And then you can have a version that if someone wants to stop and play up and down, you can do it. But my advice always is more capsules and tool tips is the best. Then you have the gamification. That's one of the most funniest, but is more complicated, and it gives a next layer of features on your system. Whether it's a mobile app or a web app platform, I'm sure you've been using those. They give you rewards, points, or you know badges, and well done. You just it's very encouraging because it makes you you discover more. But it's more complicated because you need to over-engineer your, your platform. Not over-engineer, but you have another layer. So you need to be careful because at the end of the goal is people need to use it. But it's good to know that they, are, they have different techniques to the onboarding. You need to understand which is the purpose, also which version we are. If we're testing the waters, who is going to be in front of the... If it's early adopters, they are more curious. They want to discover more. So it would be easier if just the pull tips or something like that. If it's general public and people, anyone needs to use it. So maybe the explanatory and have a kind of academy videos is advisable to have. Yeah. It's interesting to me, changes that have happened over the years in this kind of onboarding tool. I mean, it used to be, especially with software, that your onboarding happened mainly through emails. You get an email and say, hey, here's how you do this. Now they're bringing it very much into the platform. So you have an interactive tour often when you first get into a new platform that says, hey, here's where you do this. Here's where you do that. Some companies very effectively use short videos, like you were saying. There's actually a presenter, and they'll show you, here's how I do this. Even older software that used to be outside of the web now is bringing in that kind of video training. Like, I've used Photoshop for years and Adobe products, and recently they've started implementing you know, the videos right in the software. So they're like, hey, let me show you how you do this thing in the software. It's something you know that wasn't there before. And now I see that being used pretty effectively in various platforms to be able to help people move along. People are drawn to other people. So a video can really be engaging with them sometimes. Yeah, someone explaining to you, if I had someone on the side, and because I've been training people, 
One of my first jobs were I was working with a photographer. He was doing the transition from film to actual digital. And he hired me basically because I was young and I came up from the uni and I had all this fresh. I knew everything about Photoshop and about cameras and everything. So I was helping him. And then I learned a lot of lighting and shadows and all the stuff. But back then, it could have been kind of a tutorial on top of the Photoshop. And it's true. I've been using Adobe and they started to do it. And more recently with the new tools, with the AI and everything, they want to really people to use it. So it's very encouraging. You have a kind of a navigator there and you learn faster. Because again, there are people that are very curious and people that have been playing video games. They're always going to try to find things, but there are people that are staying on the surface and they're not using entirely the system. And sometimes it's a bit of um, a shame because someone behind it has been putting so much effort. And just because you don't know what things are, you might be interested on in using this one. So you need to wait until someone is like, I'm not using this one. For instance, in Facebook, I can create a group and this, oh, really? I can invite people and I didn't know about privacy, for instance, you know, you can only I'm showing my Instagram to my limited friends. I didn't know that because people, they need to be told. So I read a book. I don't remember the, the author, but it's always on my shelf. It's don't make me think. So I really like it coming back early 2000s and it, it still makes sense. So it's very important to explain people. If you want to skip the, the tutorial, you can always skip tutorial to tips and everything. You always have the, the option. But if not, it's a good companion. And more and more, I'm seeing that, you know, AI will take a part on that one. It will read how you use the platform. And if you get stuck or you're not using much, it will, you know, naturally using without invasion. Like now it's a bit of mechanical. Do this, do that. I don't want it. I forget about it. But then they're forgetting you. Maybe they see that you're using more, you are left-handed because you can know. And maybe it's like suggesting you, maybe you want to change, you know, the whole interface and you will be able to do it. Colors as well, knowing you where... So that's why I think the power of the personalization, it, it will come in the, in the platforms. Yeah. Can you share with us either a project that you've worked on or maybe a digital platform that you've seen that you've really been impressed with that you feel like really works based on these things we've been talking about and kind of explain why that particular website or platform works, what you think went well with it to make it work that way. It can be either your own project, something you've worked on in the past, or something you've watched from the sidelines and said, wow, those team really did a good job of creating a great platform here. It's a good one. I think, it, you know, the new Adobe Express platform, I don't know if you use it, they created kind of a mini tools for designers. It's kind of trying to get into Canvas that is online, you can do lots of things. I think they're putting very a lot of effort in terms of onboarding and all, all the kind of stuff. I very like the way they're trying to get move away from transatlantic, that is Adobe and Adobe products. I'm obviously, I started a long time ago to use them, so for me it's easy, but I get into the shoes of uh, the new generation and it's complicated, lots of other things. And they're trying to get it, you know, online and everything. So I think they're doing very well. And they're onboarding in a way that uh, is easy. Others, probably CRM systems like uh, HubSpot, they're doing a pretty good job chasing you as well. Like, you know, using it and all that stuff. I think it's good because obviously it makes, you know, and they, they encourage you to, to use it. And then inside, they have a good understanding. 
yeah, in terms of interface, we can talk uh, a lot of them. Airbnb, they're doing a great job as well. Uh, they have been, you know, doing their homework for a long time. We have been, you know, obviously inspired by some of the solutions they've done because they carry on a lot of researches and, and versions. So we've seen some practices. We got inspired by them. Let's say, you know, copy and paste, it works. So let's face it, you're not going to reinvent the wheel. Sometimes, you know, a box and everything that it works, you know, having a box that is following you with all your bookings and everything. Why not? It's like, you know, those big companies, I mean, like Ferraris and everything, they created some piece of tech or, you know, of furniture or design and it works. Everyone else is going to use it because it works. So why to fight and create new things? Now, I think there's a lot to learn from people out there who are doing things well. And technology typically is iterative. So somebody will do something and someone will look at that and say, I like that. And they'll do it better or maybe better for a particular audience. And so there's nothing wrong with going and looking at someone who's doing it well and saying, wow, I really, I like the functionality of this. I would like to bring that over to whatever particular platform I'm working on and then maybe make some improvements to it or focus it in on that particular audience. So yeah, I like Airbnb. They do a really good job of reaching you across channels. I mean, you'll find them not only on the web experience, but then when you go to social, you'll find them there. <laughs> they'll follow you. You know, they, if they have your email address, they'll follow you there too. So it's like a continuation of that same experience you had on their website. Well, then go to other channels and you'll experience it there as well. That's really helpful. I mean, sometimes that makes a, a hard bar for others to reach because when one digital platform does a really good job of creating good user experience, now we expect it as users across all of our platforms. And when one of our companies does not provide that, we get frustrated with them like, ah, this is so easy to do on this other platform. Why couldn't you do that this way? Yeah. Banks, they need to learn a lot. Unless I know they have technical challenges like, you know, fraud and cyber attacks. So I know where the money goes. But a small amount sometimes for basic stuff, because uh, we create in those things. Uh, my wife is always, why are you so frustrated? It's like, because it's easy. I know, I know you can't do it. It's just a matter of someone thinking this is a burden for the user. But behind it, I believe that they are just focusing on making things working. And I have uh, a colleagues, they, they have been into the fintech and uh, ATM software developers. And I know that it is another league. So we don't medical records and behind it, you know, is a law as well to protect the data. Imagine, you know, if we're talking about money. So, but bit by bit, we're getting there. We're getting there. It's like WhatsApp or all those kind of things. So whenever a client comes, it's like, I want the WhatsApp thing on my app. It's like, okay, all on your horses. How much is your budget? Because, you know, we got used to, and we think that is granted because obviously it's free and everything. Every one single one we were paying, we would be, you know, more conscious of, of what we have in our hands. So they're assuming that, you know, sending a video, compressing it, everything, dandy, it works very well and everyone is happy. And all the multi-call and everything, conferences and everything is like, yeah, but what's a doses? Yeah, but what's it is, you know, funded by Meta and they don't know how much millions they're putting in it. So yeah, you can't compete today and how many developers there are behind it. So yeah. Are you trying? That's good too, as you said earlier. Comparing, but you're making sure that you you can match, you know, and get, you know, the best practices and trying to implementing because those guys, they, they're leading a bit. And sometimes, you know, we're getting ideas from other sectors and they're getting maybe ideas as well because any designer or any developer is always checking around 
is how things are progressing. I think it's uh, natural. Well, let me ask you, Roto, if you could go back in time and meet yourself at the beginning of your career through a time machine, what one piece of advice would you give yourself besides buying stocks in certain companies or things like that? <laughs> what piece of career advice would you give yourself? Bitcoin, maybe. Bitcoin, yeah. <laughs> you know, a funny story. I keep it short. Sorry, Jonathan. We started a project in the uni with uh, GPUs. was to get a wall with a video game. So we wanted to uh, create a, each pixel as... Because we were, had all those GPUs donated by, uh, I think it was uh, NVIDIA. Obviously, by night, they were mining. And that was early 2000, 2006, I think, or eight. I don't remember. Eight, I think. We got a few of them. And then, because it was you know up and down, we sold them for 60 quid each. <laughs> just started to pull it. Now, yeah, okay. That's one. No, I, that's just uh, constantial. And obviously... You can see that uh, yeah, we didn't know what, what was happening. Back then, what I would do is like, I would tell myself to get more into with business side as well, because part of my life, I've been very an expert on my field and not knowing, you know, how the business works. You don't have to master all the, or everything, but even if you want to keep a, I mean, as an expert on your field, but being an, when I jumped to entrepreneurship, I learned so much, you know, their sites. Then, you know, the whole vision of my work made sense, you know, on all those emails that people and marketing guys or sales guys, they were saying, ah, but that, that, that. Because in touch with the first line with the clients and they were really into Battlefield and we were designing and doing cool stuff and just hanging around with cool guys and, you know, everything. So, yeah, I think it's expanding a bit more and understanding other parts of the of any business, actually. Because it gave me broader view. And when I now suggesting uh, I talk into a designer, I have another input that before I couldn't. And trying to get more efficient on that. So I don't know if it makes sense what I, what I want to explain. No, that makes sense. I've noticed that too, that when I started early in my career, you're typically focused on a, a small set of skills. And you want to become an expert in that. But it is helpful to at some point open up to the broader view of how your skills coincide with the rest of the business and provide value to that business. So as you do that, you're more effective and then directing your skills to create a business value rather than simply a value in your skill set. So yeah, very important. Exactly. But I was focused on more to develop my skills and getting better more specifically on that field. That is, it was natural, but I, then I was missing some of the soft skills that they're bringing you more into what you know to do, how to interact with different departments or different people. So, yeah, obviously, being an entrepreneur, you need to wear so many hats and uh, you had to go. So that's the big change that I suffered from being an employee to an entrepreneur. But it's very exciting and you learn a lot. So if you're very curious and you want, and even if you are not, but just keep an eye on us, you know, your colleagues, if you are in different departments, how you do that and when I do that, what is the, you know, the exchange and why we're doing that and everything? Because sometimes we're not listening, we don't care, and it's very important because everything wraps up. That's how we're operating sometimes. I think that's one of the pieces of advice and also the, the Bitcoin. Keep it, keep it. <laughs> Here's another question for you. As a piece of tactical advice that you could give to someone that they could go implement, maybe that's, hey, go listen to this podcast or read this book. 
or I love this piece of software. It really helps me get things done. What piece of tactical advice might you give to a listener today who's a developer or a marketer? Tactical is to get some piece of web app or application, mobile application or any product. It's not about you. You have the trigger. You're going to have the motion. You're going to push it. But at some point, you will do it for someone else. More users you're going to target, less is going to be yours. So it's good to have uh, assumptions, but make sure that you put it in phase to the real user. You're going to save a lot of money and time. And also, you know, hey, that's why my... (laughs) (laughs) User testing. Get it in front of the real user. Yeah, it's important. Do the working backwards, saying, okay, I have this assumption. I want to sell this product or service. It's going to be great. I'm going to make millions. That's whatever is the reason. I'm going to save the planet. I'm going to make people easier life. But then it's like, are those guys really ready, ready to use it and to they promise to be solved? One of the tricks is when you're interacting with the potential customer and user, never tell the solution. Never, ever. You're talking, you need to do the reverse uh, engineering psychology. It's like asking them how you operate today with this particular problem. If they're saying that they have already the tools to cope with it and they're, they're happy and dandy, there is no business for you unless you want to do something because you want to do art. That's where artists, they have their own, their own stuff. But if it's really you want to have a sustainable business through you know creating software, uh, whether it's web app or mobile or, or even you know to desktop or in a computer, it is very important to understand your target audience. And if for, you need to discover the pains. If they really have a pain, then you get very deep into it. How you solve today, and then you have the competitors, and then you have also, maybe you can get down even to the pricing, because at some point you will say, okay, like, you know, those people, they're searching for their vacations or, you know, holidays, planes and everything. That's why those platforms like Expedia or, you know, the sky scanners, all the things, they came up because people, they valuing their time. So when you get the time of how many hours you spent to solve this problem, and then it's like, how many hours you charge you? Your boss is paying for your freelance. How much you pay? Okay, 50 quid, 60 quid, whatever it is. It's like, you know that this problem is taking you two hours of your time. How much is two hours of your time? I will pay 100 bucks to, to this problem to be solved and do that. So here we go. You have 100 bucks a year or per month, per day. It depends really, really on what you want to launch. But before everything, before you start even, you know, writing every personas that we talked about earlier, your vision, everything is like, I have an assumption, go there, meet your, your potential customers, make sure that they are there. And then secondly, match your expectations with, with their pains. If there is no, there is no way to, to start. Unless again, you want to do something that is for you and is more artistic. It's like I do, you know, those artists, they're doing a platform that is just purely for entertainment and they don't want anything else to show their skills or they, you know, we've done some artists and they wanted to have, for instance, uh, uh, their own operating system within that was back then in Flash. So I'm telling you that I'm that young. And they wanted to have, uh, it was an artist and she wanted to use, you know, kind of um, 3D. And back then it was very challenging. It was very great, but for... I think it was over-engineered, but that was it was for the sake of showing that she wanted to show her work in a three-dimensional way of having a 
operating system. So she wanted to have her own operating system with uh, windows that were floating and doing. It was very complex, but she spent a lot of money, but it was simply and purely to do that and show that that's how I am. That's what I do without, you know, charging anyone on. It wasn't a video game. It was a video game, actually, but but for the sake. So that's why it's a different approach. But you're tending to create and launch an app or a web app. Very important. Go and meet as many as you can. You know, big companies, they know, and they're hiring, you know, those market researchers and do their lots of t- interviews. You can do it yourself, but at, at some point you need, it depends what is GM. Again, you have a why, you want to... Uh, raise funding and everything, and VC or angel investor, they will tell you, okay, what are your interviews, your base of, you don't have anyone already signing up. They need to know if you don't do homework. And it's easy. It's, it's just time consuming. If you are one small man, you have you can hide services. Now they are some AI credible, but you can create the persona and you can launch this. And it's kind of a simulation, but it gives you, because it's embedding, you know, it's like we need to Think about AI as a tool. Now that is very controversial, but if you can generate images, you can generate personas acting in that way because they have been embedding, you know, those conversations. So it can give you, it's never going to be exactly, you know, the same, but it will give you a bit of, because it's difficult to get out from your mindset, you know, saying, oh, it's going to be great. People, they're going to use it. They need it. If you think about it, it's great. Obviously, we need someone to do that because instead of that, we all those apps and games, they will never uh, come out. But you need to get contrast with the reality. So, yeah, I encourage people to do that. Good advice. So understand your target customer, get inside their head, see the pains there, make sure that matches up. Well, tell me, uh, Roto, about Rocket Van. Just give me a, a brief understanding. If people want to find you out there on the internet, how can they find you or Rocket Van? So basically, we are we are a bunch of engineers, developers, and designers participating in hackathons, and we come up with a brilliant ideas. We won some prizes, we lost some times, but uh, we saw that the dynamic of creating things it was what we wanted to do, and in our way, you know, the ones our previous bosses. So we decided to create our our company. We're based in Barcelona and London. You can find us in rocketvan.io. We are um, a studio design and development. We're using different stacks. And yeah, we are excited. We are started to work recently with medical, but we are very sector, a vertical agnostic because we every time someone comes with a problem, the next one that we're going to launch is, is for hit books. They had a problem. They wanted to produce more books, more efficiently and personalized. So we have them. We really want to create new stuff and using our stack. If we... We have our limits, you know, we are not a big company. We are on the middle of a sector that we, we, we can just raise our hands and companies like they're doing VR, AR, AI, they will come and help us and, and have fun. We love to have fun and, and solve problems that people, they are not techie, but they have their challenges. And we know that tech, they will get uh, there where they want to. That last one, it was, you know, is a psychologist and a, an illustrator. The two ladies, they had a very specific books for kids and they wanted to produce, you know, things that were personalized. You can put the kid, the kid's name, the outfits and the hairstyle and everything. So every time someone was ordering those books, they had to go into the illustration files and redoing. I said, no, that's impossible. If you're going to have a lot of, so we created kind of a layer stuff using SVG and we're doing automatically sending to the printer, 
So today, what they need to do is creating new books and waiting, you know, because the printer receive all the things, they printing it and they send it straight to the customer. So literally they need to do marketing and promoting in their Instagram and creating new stories. So it's very leveraging because for them, it's using tech. So that's why it's very exciting. Very interesting, Rhoda. It's quite a variety of verticals there from medical to children's books and uh, sports all through there. So that's uh, Rocket Van. See him at rocketvan.io. Thank you so much, Roto, for your time and your insights. I really appreciate you sharing those. Thank you, Jonathan, for having me. It's a pleasure. Cutting Edge Web Content Development is brought to you by Butter CMS. To find out how you can build better with Butter, stop wasting dev time, and free your marketers from your legacy CMS, visit buttercms.com. Also, make sure to search for Cutting Edge Web Content Development in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Butter CMS, thank you for listening.